Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. And good morning, everybody. Welcome. Happy Friday. Goodman Hurdle watches MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us, Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman, on Monday, March 4th. There's a restaurant equipment auction for baker's ovens, range ovens, countertops and floor mixers, ice machines, dining room furnishings, and more. Get notifications. But upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Happy Friday, my friend. How you doing, my man? I'm good. Good. I'm good. Busy Look, weekend. Uh, well, that's okay, right? Yeah. Um, How about you? Busy. Working around the house? A lot of house stuff. Yeah. That, that is, until further notice, right. pretty much my answer every day. I, which is a, which is both kind of good and very uninteresting. Yeah. Well, it's, it's good to be making progress. It's not interesting to anyone else. You'll be at your home, and uh, I will be at my home, and also the Four Seasons downtown. Epic Experience is having their uh, annual fundraising gala. Um, it is one of the most unique nonprofits mm-hmm. I work with. Uh, Epic Experience is a nonprofit that helps send cancer-thriving adults to camp so they can talk about their experiences, everything that they're dealing with. Usually when you do events that have cancer involved in it, finding a cure, amazing nonprofits, yeah. kids, amazing nonprofits. Of course. There's very little for adults yeah. and that's what they do. Epic experience. Again, uh, I'll be doing that event tomorrow night. That's exciting. I, I know it'll go great. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely. Hope so. uh, no, I know it will. It's so hope so. Anyway, with that time now for the lead. The Lead is presented by Smoke and Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Get some tonight in Denver, Longmont, Lyons, and Estes Park. Tell me if my perception of this Nuggets game <laughs> is off. The Nuggets go into the All-Star break on a three-game losing streak. They come home for the first game last night, and... It looked like, at least in the first half, with the way they were playing, and they played great, but I'm talking about the style of basketball they were playing. It looked like the Denver Nuggets against the Washington Generals with the way they were passing the ball, dunks, alley-oops, everything. It looked like they were just toying with this team. Your perspective is right on target. Let's start with the disclaimer. The Washington Wizards are 9 and 46. They don't suck. They're worse than suck. That somewhere beyond there we'll find the Washington Wizards horrible basketball team. Having said that, the Nuggets did exactly what they need what what they wanted and needed to do. They played 48 minutes. Well, I don't know about the full 48. Fairly minutes. well. They well. took their foot off the gas a little bit a, in the second half. A little and, and that, bit. And that's why it's unfortunate that Jokic had to play in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Okay. Completely unnecessary to have him play in the fourth quarter because, as Michael Malone said, the game was close enough. I needed to leave him in there. Yeah, I guess. So, anyway, uh, but, but my takeaways, for whatever it's worth, Jokic on another unbelievable tear. I'm becoming only the third player in NBA history to have a triple-double against every team in the league. Weird that Washington, I guess not that weird. You don't play him often. You only play him twice a year. Right. So, anyway, 
and then uh, shoots 10 for 10 in the field in the process. Did you see the the behind-the-back pass on the break from the top of the key uh, for an assist, which was absolutely fantastic? He looked like Curly Neal out there. It was, in, the it was absolutely right. incredible. And then I thought Peyton Watson defensively was everywhere. Four blocks. Everywhere. Four blocks. Two of them on one break where he came from behind, yeah. knocked the ball away at the rim, right. then stayed home, got the trailer coming down the lane, and swatted that one away too. There were a lot of really good things to feel good about and to build upon. And now you got to go on the road, but you're going to Portland. Right. You know, you're going to Portland. You should have, you have a good chance with seven of your first ten games to really make some hay at home, to really make some hay now as you start the stretch drive. Remember, it's not the second half. Michael Malone pointed this out, and it's always a good thing to point out. Right, it's twenty-seven games. It's twenty-seven games. Right. That 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 ain't. It's a sprint to the finish. It's a sprint to the finish, and you've got seven of your first ten at home, where you're one of the best teams in the NBA. I don't know if this conversation happened in the locker room before the game began. But I would think, at least by the way it looked, mm-hmm. the conversation was, we struggled towards the finish. We lost three games in a row. Right. Let's come out in this game yeah. and show everybody what we are going to look like in the playoffs. Okay? Let's have a playoff mentality tonight, and let's play like this is game one of the playoffs. Let's look at just the box score alone, mm-hmm. which to me is telling. Even though KCP got injured again, only played 16 minutes. You had a balanced scoring box score from your starting five. 17 for Gordon. Michael Porter Jr. scored 22. Jokic 21. Murray 18. But here's the big thing, okay? Peyton Watson, 22 minutes, 11 points. Christian Brown was terrific defensively. Offensively, he scored 12. Reggie Jackson, 22 minutes, he scores 11. My point is, this is what you want your bench to look like in yep. the playoffs, and this is what you want your starters to look like in the playoffs. Although, the Nuggets are the anomalies of anomalies when you look at one particular part of this box score. Okay. The Nuggets center, Nikola Jokic, had 15 assists. And Jamal Murray, the point guard in the starting lineup, led all starters with two blocks. That is kind of interesting. You know, the Nuggets had 41 assists on 56 baskets. That's a really high percentage. Right. And that shows you the way they move the ball, uh, the lack of isolation that the Nuggets, they, there's just not a lot of it. And part of the magic of their offense is the way that they share the basketball. The one thing, that, the, the other thing that stuck out to me, because I've been scratching my head, over this move for a long time. And I'm like, why in the world would Calvin Booth give Zeke Naji a contract extension? And last night showed not a flash, but flash paper, it, but flash paper it, 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 of why yeah. maybe this deal was it, done. It at least gave you a, okay. Oh, okay. But there's a flash, and then we know what flash paper. It's, it's that fast. Yeah, it, it can be... Even, Flash paper's faster than a flash. Zeke Naji probably has a chance to be in the postseason rotation. 
on a more limited basis yeah. than he's probably going to be playing now. But at least he's a body that can get Jokic off the floor on occasion. I still don't understand why Najee over DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. I still don't understand that. Yeah. I mean, it, well, then they used DeAndre Jordan earlier in the season. Right. We'll see what he plays like down the stretch. He didn't play last night. No, didn't even play. Right. Coach's decision. Thoughts about the avalanche? Be better on your power plays. How about be better on special teams? Yeah, overall. Special teams overall. They can't, they can't score on the power play. Right. And then they can't defend uh, when they're on the penalty Here's kill. my here's Other than that, five on five, they're great. Well, except. And that's not even true. And Bo Byram's got to bury a breakaway in that overtime. Come on, dude. Come on. I mean, I know the other guy's trying too, but you're pretty clean on that play. And then Detroit turns around about 45 seconds later and wins it in overtime. Hey, they got the point. Okay, fine. Um, first time in 11 games that they've lost to the Detroit Red Wings, which is kind of interesting in and of itself. I, let me ask you this, because I'm watching the game last night. Ask me whatever you'd like. Thank you. Are they a little too cute on the power play? They've always been too cute. I just think that I feel they, they they've always been because they have really good passers. Just start slapping it at the crease. What they what they do is they have guys who are really good stick handlers. Yep. And to your point, using this phrase and it's accurate, they get too cute. They go for the extra pass so they get the perfect shot. There's a great saying in hockey. It's not shots on goal. It's shots in, in goal. goal. Uh, but it's harder to get the shots in goal if you don't put them on goal. Ah. Uh, so throw to the front of the net. Maybe the goalie doesn't cover up. Maybe it goes off his face mask. And then you have somebody standing in front just to shovel it right on in. But when you get too cute, that's, that's where you wind up having problems. This team has the talent to make the perfect pass. This team has the talent a lot of their skill players to make that pass where suddenly a guy is going to bury an empty netter because the goalie is on one cross uh, is on one post and then another post is wide open, but they don't, they don't put the puck on net enough to get those. And I hate this phrase because it's such a hockey phrase. So they can get the greasy goals. We want to get some greasy goals. Yeah. But I mean, just get the damn puck on crease. Right. But they've I, always I, been cute. Yeah, and I'm sitting there watching they've last night saying, what What in the hell are you just, – just shower this dude with shots. Right. And by the way, Justin Ananen was pretty damn good last night. Well, the biggest thing about him is he's played two of the last four games, yep. like three of the last eight. And because of that, Georgiev is getting some rest. I, I'm still not a big believer in Georgiev anyway yeah. with the way he's played, but at least he is getting some rest. This is what gives me hope. And granted, we are talking about health here. Their second line for a while has been Colton, Wood, mm -hmm. and O'Connor, yeah, right? Right. So you have Lekkonen back, right? Yep. Johansson, hopefully he does more than he just, you know, showed us a couple games ago. Yeah, at least he gave us something. You get Nachuchkin back, and he'll be back before the playoffs. Johansson. Lekkonen, Nachushkin, that is your second line. Then you take the line that has been your second line, 
You move them down to your third line. And now you've got something. That's a that's a pretty good third line when you compare that to most third lines in hockey. You can't have them as your second. But as a third, I like it a lot. So you need Nachushkin to come back healthy. Mm-hmm. Need some health for the rest of the season. I still like their defensive pairings. There's nothing not to like, right? Your give has to be better. But you need to have those lines set. Yeah. You need to have those lines set. Yeah, you can see a path. It's just not quite as as open as you'd think as you'd like it to be. But I but I'm I'm bullish on both teams down the stretch. Right. I really am. So it's all good. Coming up after the break, Pittsburgh Steelers betting favorites to land Russell Wilson. Hall of Fame wide receiver Steve Smith, who did play for the Baltimore Ravens in the AFC North, was asked about Russell Wilson joining the Steelers. What does he think? about Wilson joining the Steelers? This was an answer like I've never heard in a long time. That's next. by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman on Monday, March 4th. There's a restaurant equipment auction for baker's ovens, range ovens, countertops, floor mixers, ice machines, dining room furnishings, and more. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. In the meantime, it's going to be a gorgeous weekend. Why don't you head up to Broomfield and go to Siltahar Mazda and go for a test drive. Okay, When you talk about Mazda, the actual brand, it's routinely ranked in the top five for affordability, reliability, and fuel economy. You want luxury and durability? They've got that too. They have so many great models you can go and take a test drive with. Head on up there, and while you're waiting in their state-of-the-art showroom, you're going to see how important it is, how they take care of their customers as well. The other thing I love about Siltahar Mazda, when you park your car in their lot, it's not like a scene out of an Albert Hitchcock movie like The Birds where... All these salespeople are swarming on your windshield. They let you breathe. 
no hassle, no fuss, no mess, no high pressure. Siltahar Mazda, go find them in Broomfield or go to sthmazda.com. Time now for The Buzz. The Buzz is presented by Paramount Siding and Windows. Paramount Siding and Windows, it's quality in everything they do. Find them at ParamountSidingAndWindows.com. Pittsburgh Steelers betting favorites still to land Russell Wilson, even though word has come out of the Steelers organization through the uh, Pittsburgh Post-Gazette that they are happy with who they have at quarterback right now. Mason Rudolph, who's about to be a free agent, and Kenny Pickett. I find that a little hard to believe, Mm. but with that, Wilson is a possibility. Most people feel he's going to go there. Hall of Famer, wide receiver, Steve Smith was asked about Wilson possibly going to the Steelers. If you don't remember, Smith finished his career in the AFC North with the Baltimore Ravens, and he would love to have Wilson in the division. I know the Chiefs won the Super Bowl 17 points. They beat Baltimore Ravens 17 points, but they ran 94 plays. I'm not sure, and I didn't ask analytics. I didn't ask the researcher. I don't know when the last time the Denver Broncos with Russell Wilson at quarterback ran 94 plays in one game. Hell, they may have ran 94 plays in three or four games, but not one single game. That's just not happening. So good luck, Buttercup, if you're going to get Russell Wilson in Pittsburgh. But the AFC North, they got three good teams, and if Russell Wilson is your guy, he does not make your team better as of right now. Good luck, Buttercup. He does make the team better because he's better than Mason Rudolph and Kenny Pickett. He is. Come on. And by the way, he wasn't completely educated on the whole situation because we didn't play the bite race where he said, oh, um, and he's going to kill their cap space. Not going to do that at all because he's going to be playing on closer to the minimum than anything else. So he has forgotten more about football than I know but he clearly doesn't know about the salary structure like we know. No, his statement is based purely on his observations of this guy as a player and whether or not he can make a difference in a place like Pittsburgh, where also yesterday, and I didn't notice this until late last night, I was going to send it to you. Did you see Terry Bradshaw defending uh, on, on, it was also, I think, on NFL Network, saying that uh, Terry Bradshaw basically saying, you got to stick with Kenny Pickett and you got to give him time and you got to give him you you're crazy if you don't invest some energy is he into wrong? this guy. Is he wrong? No. I agree. I don't yeah, right. You got you got to let a rookie you got to let a young player play it out. We knew with Paxton Lynch early mm-hmm. that this was not going to work. Not going to But not, it's different. It, it is. Absolutely. So you've got a lot of different voices there. Uh, making comments on the quarterback situation in Pittsburgh. But, uh, and I'm sorry, I'm just going to have Russell Wilson's back a little bit. I just don't feel like he is part of the problem. He, I, 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 he can still be part of the answer for a football team. Now, in the wrong kind of offense, and maybe that, and maybe probably Sean Payton's offense was not suited for him because of his processing issues. I don't think that we would say that Russell Wilson is a top-notch processor. Would you say that? No, he's never been. No, he's just not. He is a 
fly by the seat of your pants kind of guy. He's a creator. Yeah. And and he's very good at it. And he's still good enough at it that he can help a football team win. So I feel like sometimes just kind of get off the guy's back and let him go play somewhere. Now, he's a good dude. He's I don't think the teams suffer for him being in the locker room. And uh, and I think that he can still play enough. Now, can he play in Pittsburgh enough to win games? I don't know. But I don't think that he deserves, you know, Steve Smith just piling on him. That's just me. Maybe, I'm, maybe I was just a little sensitive last night. I don't know. Taking a look at a... Decent sample size of the number of plays the Broncos ran offensively. Uh-huh. Sure. They probably ran, on average, maybe 62 plays yep. a game. Yeah, they were very low. No question. Now, I think there are a lot of factors on why mm-hmm. Russell Wilson played the way he played. Um, And I'm not going to point fingers because, let's face it, he did not run the type of offense that Sean Payton wants to run. He just doesn't have the skill set, let's be honest, to do it. He's better when the play breaks down like when the play broke down for Tim Tebow, right? Right. Although Wilson's considerably better than Tim Tebow. Without question. When it comes to sustaining drives, did Wilson truly get a lot of help from his pass catchers? No. No. I didn't think so. I'm down on the receiving core. And it's a really expensive room. You want to hear the funny thing? Mm. I was looking this up yesterday. When you look at their wide receiver room right now, Mm -hmm. Everybody is signed through next year except for little Jordan Humphrey. That's it. Yeah. They have, they have the most expensive receiving room, and they have the good fortune, and I say that as sarcastically as I can, everybody's coming back. Do you know, and I'm, I give you credit, I'm, you probably do. I probably don't. But this kind of shook me yesterday. By the way, real quick. Yes. They got no help from the tight end position. All due respect. None. No help. All due respect None. to Adam Troutman. Right. No, yeah, which was something, a point that I was trying to make all year long. And he'll be the first one to tell you he is not an elite pass catcher. He's not an elite blocker, but he's the type of guy that can do both things for you at a good enough clip where you want him on your roster. Yeah. Yeah, they're going to make a movement for a tight end. They have to, I think. Anyway, secondary market. But did you know that the Broncos have made three picks in the top 45 over the last four drafts. Three picks. Three picks in the top 45 over the last four drafts. If you really want to know some of the root of their issues, it's in the draft. Now, there are other things. Don't get me wrong. It's it's the lack of opportunity, not necessarily who they picked, although you can make the case. Well, this last draft class outside of Marvin Mims was beyond underproductive. The three guys are, and the reason I was thinking about this is because Jerry Judy happens to be one of those guys right? in the last four drafts that they have picked in the top 45. Pat Sertan, Jerry Judy, and Javante Williams. Those are the three guys that they have picked in the top 45 over the last four years. They get one pick in the top 45 this year. Right. Right? At yep. number 12 now, they're going to trade down because they need more picks. But 
I'm, we've we've been saying that since. And they'll day try. One. They'll find a way. They're gonna they're gonna unload Judy or Sutton. Yes. And they will unfortunately have to take what they can get. Yes. A because they need because now they're at a point. Yep. Where they got to unload salary. <laughs> they got to unload salary. They've got to get younger and cheaper, and 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 at the same time try to get better. Good luck with that. That is a tough cycle to be in. Really tough. Oh, and by the way, you don't have a quarterback. No. Do you think Peyton did enough to help Wilson succeed? Now, when you look at the numbers this year compared to last year, it's an unequivocal yes. Because his numbers mirrored a lot of the numbers that he had when he was in Seattle. But do you think that well, Russell Wilson was not right for this offense. Let's be honest here. But we hear offensive coordinators and head coaches who call the plays say all the time. And it's almost become a punchline. Well, I know that I have the offense that I like, but I'm going to look at my roster and I am going to fit my offense around the talent I have. And those guys never do. I think, Mike McCoy. Yeah. No. Shermer. Right. No, no. Listen, list goes on and on. Go pretty much any team. And that doesn't happen. I think you all, I think you always, I think the goal is to try to do that. Correct. I, I think that, and I think that everyone sets off in that direction. I want you to think about the divorce for Sean Payton and Russell Wilson in this sense. Sean Payton's not a stupid guy. We know that, right? Mm -hmm. We're pretty sure he's a smart guy. George Payton ain't a stupid guy. We're pretty sure that George Payton is a smart guy. Yep. They are willing to part with Russell Wilson. Right. To leave $85 million to clean up in dead cap space for two years. That's how badly Sean Payton... Wants to get rid of Russell Wilson. Think about that. Yeah. I, that's pretty amazing. So the answer, the long way around, and I do this often, to answering your question is he can't work with this guy. Right. Period. And it's more of a comment about the two of them, their styles and their ability or inability to work together than it is about both of them separately as people that are good at what they do. I'll just be curious to see what Russell Wilson does when he leaves, where he goes, how successful he is. Because I can tell you right now, if he looks marginal, then you can say, okay, this guy's career is over. He's mm -hmm. at the tail end of his career. Yeah. But if he looks really, really good, that's going to look really, really bad for Sean. Payton. I agree. I agree. And you, I'm pulling you, for Russ. You better hope he doesn't wind up in Atlanta. Because if he does, he's got all kinds of talent around him. Pittsburgh's a little bit different of a story. Yeah, although, it is. I, although I like Najee Harris. A lot. I, I, I like Deontay Johnson, mm -hmm. right? Their wide they receiver. They got a couple of guys. They, they, they have, I mean, I would say that their wide even though who's the, who's their wide receiver that is it Pickett? George Pickett. George, yeah, George Pickett. Wait, who's the problem guy? Deontay Johnson. No, Deontay Johnson. He's fine. I think it's Pickett who's bad. The guy who doesn't block. That's Johnson. Is it Johnson? That's Deontay Johnson. Yeah. But he's far more talented than than anybody that the Broncos. They've have. got a couple. Yeah, oh, oh, yes. Yeah. The Broncos receiving room is the most underwhelming 
it, it's the worst value room in the NFL. Yes. Did I just say that? Yeah, you're right. It's the and, worst value room in the league. And you know what? I don't know 98% of the rooms around the NFL mm-hmm. and what those guys get paid, but I would stake money on it that this is the worst value room yeah. in the NFL. Coming up after the break, 44 years ago yesterday is one of the most memorable moments in United States sports history. What year were you born, Alex? Uh, end of 93. Okay. Wait a minute. 93? Wow. Oh, my God. Jesus. With that, I remember that day like it was yesterday, yep, 44 years ago. You remember it even better than me. I can tell you whose house I was at. Brad Moldovsky's house, watching this particular game. What was it? Why was it so impactful? And why did it basically take a national consciousness of this country that, quite frankly, emotionally was in ruins and lifted up? That's next. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. For those watching on uh, MileHighSports.com, Sorry. I, I apologize. You yeah. had to see a white guy dancing, and I'm not talking about Bruce. Oh, he has, my God. He no. has less rhythm than I do. You don't ever want to get out of my way. Are you Elaine Bennis on the dance floor? I, I'm awful. Do you know what I mean by Elaine Bennis? No. Well, we'll look it up in the break, and that's probably you. Welcome back. Uh, morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us, MileEyeSports.com. You can reach us, Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman, Monday, March 4th. Restaurant and equipment auction for baker's ovens, range ovens, countertop and floor mixers, ice machines, dining room furnishings, and more. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com backslash MHS. Time now. For what's trending. What's trending is brought to you by Nola Jane Restaurant and Bar. Let Nola Jane spice up your next trip to Lodo with the best Cajun cuisine in Denver. If there's one cool thing about being older, one of them is wisdom. But another cool thing about being older is you have lived through certain parts of history. Mm-hmm. Iconic history. Let's go back to 1980. 44 years ago yesterday, we did not get a chance to talk about it yesterday, but we'll talk about it today. It was Miracle on Ice. Yep. A bunch of ragtag college hockey players. Literally. Yep. Played the mighty Soviet Union, which was by far and away, and I don't even say this loosely, by far and away the best hockey team in the world. They routinely destroyed NHL All-Star teams. Yep. Just pick them apart. Now, if you took the best NHL players and put them together in a three-year camp, it might be a little bit different. Yes. But they beat up the All-Star team. What were your memories of that day? What were your memories of the period of time in which we lived? 
I believe you were 22 at the time. I was. And I was 12 at the time. Yeah. My memory of that day was the game was played not on national TV in real time. Correct. It was tape delayed. It was tape delayed. Yep. Uh, ostensibly because no one thought that the Americans had a chance to even, they had been disabled, dis, just absolutely dismembered by this team during. In Madison Square Garden yeah. in a, in a uh, exhibition, exhibition game, the final score was 10 to three yeah. at MSG. In a ramp up right before the Olympics. Correct. The Olympics, remember, were in Lake Placid, New York uh, at that time. In 1980. So the fact that we knew about it before we saw it. We really didn't, though, did we? I didn't. Did you know what the yet, final score was? Yes. There were, there were, I mean, yes. How, how would you how did you know? Well, because it the, wasn't in the newspaper. No, well, no, I don't know. But I did know. OK, I did know. I think it was being reported on the radio it or something. But we didn't get to see it until later. Right. And, and it was and. And that dynamic now, as we live now, 44 years later, right. is like, it is unheard of. Back Absolutely then, you could keep a secret of. in theory. Yes. You can't keep a secret now. No. But the pride that you felt in a game and a sport that I really had no connection to whatsoever. I and, mean, I, and I did. You did. And and I didn't. I was, I think, 22. No, I was 21. I was about to turn 22 that summer. So, I mean, I knew a little bit about hockey, but not enough to, to really excite me. But the pride that I felt in being an American to be able to get behind this group of guys in this great American success story. <laughs> it's Almost Horatio Alger. Like, I mean, it's just like absolutely crazy that something like this could happen. It was a remarkable thing. And those were fairly tough times, too. They, those were hard times in America. Well, let me lay this out for yeah. you. And we talked about it during the break. Every year, every four-year snippet, whatever, we always seem to think, man, this is as bad as it's ever been. Sure. This is as bad. As, I mean... Uh, the the political chaos in Washington is is suffocating. It, it it is just awful. But I don't know if there's a period of time over the last since World War since Vietnam. How's that? Since Vietnam, where it has been as bad. So Alex, I'll give you a little history lesson, unless you know what it was like in 1980. Are you familiar with what the climate was in the United States in 1980. A little bit. They they do mention it in the movie, the Jimmy Carter and um, all the unrest. Well, let me okay. give you specifics and comparisons. Let's go back eight months. From today, interest rates are sitting between six and seven about eight, nine months ago here in the United States. Inflation is sitting at about eight, and we think we're going into a recession. Economists predicted we would be in a recession right now. So you have inflation sitting at about eight, price of eggs, price of milk, price of butter, everything way up right now the, that we are living currently. And interest rates, you don't want to buy a house because interest rates are sitting at about six or seven. 
and then throw in inflation. Those two are tied together, not worth a economics lesson. Back in 1980, interest rates peaked at nearly 20%. We're dying here in the United States now that, oh my God, it's sitting at seven. Back then it was 20. We're looking at inflation and saying, oh my God, look at the price of butter. And inflation is sitting at about seven, roughly. Back then it was 14. Then throw in gas lines where it was a horizon line of cars trying to get gas, right? Gas was still fairly cheap, but it was just not plentiful. Right. So you might have to wait a couple of hours just to fill up your tank with gas. Yep. And that's just what's going on here. Overseas, we have hostages in Iran and the Soviet Union just invaded Afghanistan, right. and we're thinking, oh, my God, we're in the Cold War. Are we looking at World War III? And let's remember in the Summer Olympics, because at that point, the, the Summer and Winter Olympics were the same year. And we did what? We boycotted. In Moscow. In Moscow, right. the 1980 Summer Olympics, just months after the Winter Olympics finished in Lake Placid. The way the United States felt about itself at that time was as low as it has been easily since Vietnam. Bad self-esteem. And, and maybe even further back. And then you have the most unlikeliest of stories. A bunch of college kids beating the Soviet Union as their fellow countrymen are in Afghanistan. And Iran is kicking our ass by taking hostages. Sure. And economically, it's a disaster here. That's how important this win was, at least for a day, even though it was tape delayed. <laughs> You're right. Well, well put out and just a remarkable moment. And it was funny because I was sitting, I was thinking about this last night. There are very, very few times that you really remember exactly where you were and what you were doing. 9-11. Yeah. Right. Kennedy being shot. John, you, yeah. John Lennon being shot. Right. I remember I remember exactly where I was, who I was with. Janet Jackson, her malfunction during the Super Bowl. That that one doesn't stick with me, but you get my point. Well, maybe not that. One. Right. Um, but this Pee Herman when he went to the movie theater. Oh, my God. You all, do you have to go there? How about Lauren Boebert when she went to the theater? Go ahead. I, I thank you. Thank you, Alex. Yeah. Um, but this was one of those man landing on the moon. Right. You know, I remember that. Right. July. I'll give you another one. Bay Bridge World Series when they had the earthquake. Yes. Right. So there are, there are moments, but this is the most significant you moment. Can in argue, you can argue the most memorable moment in Al Michaels' history is. Both the, of them. Yeah. He people, called both. People will say, yeah. well, you know, it's the miracle on ice. Do you believe in miracles? But right. the work that he did right. that night, yeah. oh my God, was, 1989. was unflipping believable. And that's something you don't remember either. There was an earthquake during the World Series between the Giants and the, and the A's, A's right. for God's sakes, in the it. Bay. It's not like they could have moved the World Series to the other location. They were right there. What do we have coming up on Just In Case You Missed It? We'll talk a little bit more about Nikola Jokic recording a triple-double against every NBA team and also discuss the Avs' struggles on the road. That's all next on Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle on Mile High Sports. 
Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. By the way, I want to add one more thing to the conversation that we were talking about, what the history was like back in 1980, what was going on in 1980. All of this stuff was bad enough but the country was still feeling the effects of Watergate and getting out of Vietnam, which happened in 1975. Mm -hmm. Watergate was basically 72 to 74. There was no trust in the executive branch, no trust in the government because we were in Vietnam. The country was still feeling the effects and the aftershocks of that. No question. And then the economy completely tanks. Soviet Union invasion. Iran is kicking our ass and taking American hostages. That was the 1970s, besides a lot of LSD and disco. And disco. The disco. I mean, that was as hard as anything to take. Well, I remember disco demolition as well as anyone, because I was living in Chicago when Steve Dahl and Gary Meyer got his minions to basically blow up Comiskey Park. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. You know, just in case you missed it. Presented by Mountain High Appliance, Colorado's favorite appliance store for 25 years in Louisville, Colorado Springs, and now open in their new store in Littleton. Go to mountainhighappliance.com. On one hand, I get the whole premise of demo of disco, disco demolition, demolition. Yeah. and I applaud it. Yeah. I would have been right at the front of the line because there's no one that hated disco more. Yeah. On the second, but but on the other hand, do you think you could come up with a better plan than just like blowing up the middle of the field at Comiskey Park? Well, the problem with that night was <laughs> the place was packed. It was standing room only. This was a Bill Veck, arguably one of the greatest showmen, no entertainers, P.T. Barnum guys of all time. But it was his son, Mike Veck, mm-hmm. who put this together. What they did not anticipate was these rowdy, drunk, young kids, hippies. Who could possibly ever imagine that happening? What could possibly go wrong right. with, with kids tripping on LSD, cocaine, and drinking? What could possibly go wrong as they started storming the field when they weren't invited on the field. You had people climbing down the foul poles to get onto the field (laughs) during disco demolition, and it was an all-out riot. Uh, One of the most amazing scenes in quasi-sports history. (laughs) And and by Uh, the way, uh, Mike Vec left the White Sox after that. It forced Bill Vec out of the White Sox and ownership of the mm-hmm. White Sox. But Mike Vec did do something really good. He bought the St. Paul Saints. Is that right? Oh, you didn't know that? I didn't know that. I saw he, Oh, that's yet yeah, no, actually I did know that. Yes. Yes. Independent baseball. They're still playing today. 
The Twins AAA, right? I'm pretty sure. They might be now. They, they were in, they, are now, they yeah. were independent then. And they were famous for crazy types yes. of promotions, right? Like the and they also brought in Daryl Strawberry. Yeah. But they were like the first leading wave or edge of that kind of movement for independent baseball that we've had in professional baseball for 15, 20, 25, 30 years. Well, just in case you missed it, you missed it, whatever Alex was about to say. Sorry about that. But Alex. you won't miss it. Coming up in about an hour, <laughs> that was Mountain High Appliance, just Sorry. in case you missed it, even though you missed what we were supposed to make sure that you don't miss. But there's always certain nuggets that you pick up on this show. Right. Hopefully they're digestible. Yeah. Like swallowing a kidney stone? Sometimes. Or trying to pass one? You never know. Yeah, you don't swallow kidney stones. You no, pass them. You pa- well, you hope that you You hope pass you pass them. them. Right. Okay, anyway. Mountain High Appliance, just in case you missed it, you can walk in any store, try out the appliances before you buy them. I can't do that at the big box stores. They can help you redesign your entire kitchen. Extra low pricing at their clearance center in Denver. Mountain High Appliance. Again, find them in Louisville, Littleton, clearance center in Denver. Coming up after the break, where is Russell Wilson going to go? The lead horse in the race, according to odds makers, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. And former Hall of Fame wide receiver Steve Smith would love nothing more than for Russell Wilson to play for the Steelers because, as a former Ravens player, He hates the Steelers, so he thinks Wilson the Steelers is a brilliant idea, and he'll explain why next. (laughs) 